strangers and residents of Summer Cove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite NB, Kennedy. Hi. Uh, now at 10K. 10K. 10K, 10K. I'm, I'm 10,000 people's favorite NB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one, though, that gets the podcast with you all the time. Yeah. As I said in the first episode, uh, I called upon four horsemen to guide us through Ninja Steel in fear of it being really, really terrible. And lo and behold, we're going to throw you this curveball, listeners. Uh, but the season actually got better. Uh, and we didn't expect it. <laughs> like it was really weird. It's not. It's not, not like it's not like great, or like really good. It's just it's above average, and it takes place around the ninth or ten episode that the season sort of changes or to being like decently maybe written. Average is what I would say. Whereas before it was like, whoo. I think it's above average. I wouldn't say it's good, but I think it's above average. But we'll get there. And because of that, uh, Fredo over here actually gets to enjoy some pretty decent to good Power Rangers. That's right, folks. I'm delighted to be here. Um, everyone's favorite small account, Fredo Fabrucci, uh, chiming in. Uh, congratulations on, uh, on 10K, uh, by the way, uh, Kennedy. Um, Thank you. A, a huge, well-deserved accomplishment. Uh, I've been loving your eye makeup. I know you haven't done one in a little bit, but those eye makeup posts are incredible. I don't know how you managed to pull that off, but great stuff. Oh, I love doing that. It's just that... Uh... I went full time at my job, and I have like a serious adult job, Ooh, salaried, hmm. uh, and I just don't have time to do a to do a hour of uh, of makeup. <laughs> I I can understand that, and Grav, I do hope uh, I may not be uh, I may not be uh, anyone's favorite NB because I'm not an NB, but am I your favorite Italian account? That's what's important. Yes, to me. yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes of course. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, and small account, of course, because any account that uh, is the same size as me or smaller is small, and any account that's bigger than me is big. <laughs> yeah, right. of course. I, yeah. I personally love your account. You know I've been a fan of the Fredo account since, like, oh, dear God, two it's years true. ago? It's true. Grav is an old-school friend of Fredo, TM. Three years um, ago? Two years ago? The real Fredo heads. Yeah, it's been a long... You and I have been following each other for a really long time. I, I was legitimately, like, really small, I think, when the two of us started chatting. Because we might have known each other from, like, an anime group chat that I was invited to at some point when I had, yes, like, 80 yes, followers. Yes. And, yes. yes, yes, yes. That was so weird, seeing you rise to the top, too. That was crazy, actually. <laughs> well, I'm not... I'm, not, I'm, I'm mid-tier on this show, so Kennedy's the alpha, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I will forever i will forever be a, a lobby uh, i think i've i've accepted that i'm fine with how i've reached over 700 followers uh i think my thing about it now because i'm at riddler territory now that's true you've got riddler prime riddler and I'm you saw the riddler influence territory. that riddler had so Yo, don't sell yourself short honestly have you seen the batman have you seen the batman Yes, yes, that's what I'm referring to, because he had Kennedy. people that were doing his bidding. <laughs> Kennedy, have you seen the Batman? No. Okay. Unironically, the Riddler was extremely based up until, like, he kind of lost the plot by the end. But, like, the movie should have ended 30 minutes to an hour before it actually ended. 
Tell me not this movie would have gotten like the nom for best picture if it had just ended when they captured the Riddler. Well, everybody says, and and I'm inclined to agree that in in general it did drag in places. So I don't know necessarily about cutting it off there, but making it maybe thirty to forty five minutes shorter in general would have probably been a good move. But hey, what what do I know? I'm just some asshole. So. Oh, yo, I totally intend. Like, I think when the podcast becomes more like episodic, pretend, I don't think it'll ever be episodic. If I'm being honest. Uh, maybe in like five years from now when it's like episodic and I find myself with some free time, the, uh, it's just, we've got so many series to watch. Like even after we're done, like pruning through like the super sentai and common writer stuff, we kind of want to do like mobile suit Gundam and stuff. If it ever becomes like, Oh, this is the power Rangers episode of the week, dog type podcast. Uh, I totally want to like use the spare free time that I'll have not watching full seasons of power Rangers, just like editing some of my favorite movies or whatever to see if I can make them better. Hmm, very interesting. Well, you've got a yeah. lot of Power Rangers to get through before you can start doing that. You know, it's funny. I think we're actually going to be caught up by the end of this year. Hmm. Yeah, because we're in Ninja Steel now. Next one after this is Super Ninja Steel. But then after that, we got Beast Morphers. And then oh, there's, after a, that, there's a Super Ninja Steel? Yeah, there's a Super Ninja Steel. That's the, that's the sequel season. I see how it is. So you have Alfredo on for the regular Ninja Steel. You know, it's because it's because I got Rob. Spoiler alert! But I got Rob Thez for the next one. And okay, that's, that's steel. That's fair. Th- Thez is an, an old friend. <laughs> Thez is an old friend of mine and know, knows more about Super Sentai than probably anybody I've ever met, and uh, I'm sure is going to be amazing on that episode. Much better than I will be at this episode with my extremely meager uh, Power Rangers knowledge that some of you might recall from my previous experience on this show. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I had to call in the Four Horsemen. Rob Thez is one of them. Okay, it has to be. Yeah. appreciators of weird super sentai or something okay like that, you yes know? beautiful <laughs> but yeah no like i totally want to like i think genuinely i think i can like if i cut out every time sonic the hedgehog acted like deadpool in sonic uh the hedgehog 2 it would be a five-star movie i have not seen sonic the hedgehog 2 yet but i hear it's, it's so great. good i, I like i like the first one yeah yeah it's even better than the first one and they like played to the fans a lot too yeah, I do want to see it. It does seem like they've referenced a whole lot. Like they're they're very clearly going against that weird initial leak where they tried to I don't know Hollywoodize it or what you know make it different because uh, it seems very deeply rooted in the games. And I, I'm sure plenty of folks have talked about this, right? But the the poster that replicates the original Sonic Two video game poster with Robotnik's hand on the two and stuff. I mean, it it rules. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And you never yeah. you almost never see that with video game movies because they're almost ashamed to be video game movies. So they change everything and they they cut out references. So it's it's refreshing to see something be kind of all in like that i agree i love it when films do that right it's kind of like uh i mean it worked with the dc universe too with aquaman everybody was like oh man they're gonna try and make dark gritty aquaman and then they got kind of campy with it yeah aquaman and they, so, you know, I it got like positive reception that movie ruled i especially appreciated that they had a film in sicily which you don't see very much in superhero <laughs> movies Aw, oh, snap. Italian representation. That's right. It's a Sicilian representation, especially. I mean, we're uh, obviously the most, if you uh, if you go on Twitter, the most downtrodden uh, minority that there is, obviously. So uh, I'm I'm <laughs> kidding, folks. Nobody, please no one at me on that. I, I'm not being serious. I love it. 
Uh, I gotta say, I've watched an episode of Danger Five recently. Shout out to the Patreon. Go subscribe. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that's another great show. Uh, and there's a. I was watching episode four, and it had a ton of anti-Italian discrimination. I'm like, you could just, you could just film that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good. It's a good bit. Like a lot of things seem to do that because it's kind of like you can make racist jokes, but it's not really racist. I was playing a and D or not a D and D, a Call of Cthulhu campaign with some friends a while back, and that was the running gag that we made all of our characters like super racist against Italians because I guess it felt like the safe <laughs> the safe jokes to make. Um, that's anyway. Well, I'm I am honored. I'm honored to fill in. Yes, I am honored to fill in and be the loophole for people's uh racist but not really racist <laughs> inclinations i am a-okay with this if you want to make racist jokes just make them about italians it mm -hmm. works every time i mean that's what they're all doing anyway, it's always so. funny it's until always funny. until it's not and i have been screenshotting and saving everything and you're all your apps <laughs> are all going to be canceled uh in 2036 when it is declared officially racist to make fun of italians <laughs> i'm i'm biding my time rob thess is going to be in big big trouble that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> Oh man! I, so, I don't want to know what's gonna happen to me. It's, I, I'm afraid to. It's gonna know be bad. What it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, if 2022 is like this, and like it barely feels like it's been over six months since the start of the pandemic, um, and I, I can't imagine what years. It, yeah, I can't imagine yeah. with 2030s. Imagine the elections in 2036. There is none. The United States doesn't survive, does it? Maybe not. <laughs> let's let's maybe not get into that because that's a very depressing conversation. Yeah, I just I just honestly I don't think it does. Um, I don't think anybody's going to accept the twenty twenty four election. Probably. Like, point well, I think it's uh, well, it, it it will end up with certain people in power regardless of what happens during the election. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, this entirely fucked situation, United States standpoint. Yeah, we love to but, see it. That's our our beautiful country, folks. We love it. I bet I'm going to go into doing I'm going to go into doing Trump if we keep this up. So let's let's uh, get back <laughs> to Power Rangers. <laughs> 2036 Power Rangers. What does that look like? I, I don't know. Um, That's so more sci fi, right? Star Wars. Hmm. Maybe maybe it's an idealistic world where you can like breathe the air outside and uh, you Whoa. only have to work 75 hours a week for the corporation that owns you. You know, those sorts of things. I idealistic, impossible dreams. Yeah, maybe Paramount will do something cool with it. Who knows? Hmm, maybe uh, Ninja Steel, however, seems to be one of those seasons that caught us off guard and I've selected a a couple, uh, all three episodes I've selected, I would say. Kennedy has mostly agreed on them. Um, and we'll, we'll feel free, we'll re review uh, these episodes a little bit come the season review. Uh -huh. But uh, it's such a lopsided season. And I don't think Fredo, outside of one episode of the three, was able to correctly guess a best and worst. Yeah, I mean, I uh, minor spoilers, I guess, of the three that I saw, uh, I thought that the first two were significantly worse than than the last one. And I don't know if uh, I don't know how those line up. Um, but as I first started watching, I was like, boy, this is brutal. And then I started to have a little bit more fun. Yeah, there <laughs> is two best, one worst. And uh, it's funny that you say both of them were really bad because one of them I really loved. 
Well, um. I we'll get into it because there's a lot of stuff I love about it, and there's and there's a lot of stuff about the like premise and framing of this iteration that I found really interesting. Uh, like I thought that the fact that the villains are doing this Galaxy Warriors like Running Man type show and broadcasting their fights with the Power Rangers like that that's so fascinating to me. That's such an interesting take on the villain. So I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that thematically that I thought was really cool and interesting. Um, it's just that at least initially it seemed like there was some pretty shoddy uh voice acting when they're in the suits especially stuff like that it just seemed yeah. i don't know very half-assed let's let's get the fuck into it yeah let's do it so the worst episode is episode three this isn't the first time in power rangers history where the worst episode directly follows up the first two episodes however this is the first time that the third episode is worse than the first two episodes uh -huh. where the first two episodes are already bad. I know that's a lot of qualifiers, but like I didn't expect to like, you know, you, you get like the left hook, the right hook. But then when you get hit with the uppercut, your ass is out, right? <laughs> yeah, that uppercut hit even harder than you were expecting with this one. I'll say I, I was a little bit more prepared for this one. My expectations were ultra low. So I wasn't as shocked that this episode was as bad. I was able to dodge the uppercut, but I took a punch to the gut instead. So it wasn't much better. Cause like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you this much. I went in zero context, right? So I didn't, I had no idea if this season was meant to be good or not. I knew nothing about it, but I will say that the opening that showed the villain spin Ferno rolling around on skates and spinning circles around people. I was like, this is incredible. Amazing start. No notes. This is going to be great. And then it wasn't, but, but the first 30 seconds, and then the fantastic. red ranger opened his yeah. mouth. Oh, brutal, brutal, brutal. And I'm assuming this is explained in the first two episodes, but is the Red Ranger like from the alien planet or something? Because he he, he makes references to like yes. Earth minutes and stuff. So I, I wasn't sure how to interpret He's that. Space. He's from space. Okay, well. <laughs> He's like Guardians of the Galaxy, who is supposed to be bad, but then he's good. Okay. You know, kind of. Um, and he's on the lookout for his lost brother and trying to avenge his father, mm. you know, um, isn't literally, isn't that guardians of the galaxy? Am I wrong? Did they he's, just rip that? You mean from the, cause in the comics, right? Isn't his brother, the King. And then he becomes like on Spartacker. I'm not as familiar with, uh, cause I think in the comics, his dad was the King of Spartak. Or is it Spartak or Spartax? And then his brother is like evil and they fight for the throne or something. And then he becomes king. Uh, this is this is going deep into like obscure comic memory. So I apologize to fans of the Guardians comic that probably remember this better than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, I have no idea. I'm just thinking in the context of like the f or no, maybe Nova. Um, father is the best ninja uh on the planet gets owned by galvanax um and then the son gets kidnapped at the age of like 10 or something like that okay so this this is this is the dude you trip. see get bodied at the at the intro where he yeah. like jumps with the sword and his, and that's how does this show even explain like what ninjas are because that's also confusing <laughs> <laughs> oh um anyone can be a ninja okay you just gotta you know Watch a couple YouTube videos. 
So is that <laughs> all right? I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna get into this critique, yeah. but it's better save for the next episode. Try. You have okay. to stick right. your hand in some cum. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh yeah, clearly. The 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 when the ninja steel when it's soft it's cum and when it hardens it becomes steel. I did also find that very funny that there ninja steel is a literal thing that exists. It's it's not just like a cool sounding name. It's like oh no no they they have this element called a ninja steel that they use to make their magic ninja stars. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's from the ninja world or something. Mm -hmm. okay, I don't know. Well, but you can be a ninja on Earth too. I don't fucking know. Yeah, because it seems like they're they're ninjas. I made a note here, right, that they have they have like a second uniform that's like a ninja uniform when they're not powered up. That as looks rangers. so much cooler. I, I, dude, I said the exact same thing in my notes. Like, it's weird how their ninja armor is like bigger and cooler looking than their actual ranger uniforms. Literally verbatim what I wrote down. Very weird. Mm -hmm. Very weird. This episode starts off with Spinferno. To hell yeah. Spinferno rules. Great villain. He's the new Galaxy Warriors contestant that's got to yeah. fight the Power Rangers. It's a, it's a show to go fight the Power Rangers. Yeah, it rules. I mean, that that's awesome. I, I have no complaints about that. Two things. Fredo, do you like the intro to the, the, the show? Do you, when you say the intro, do you mean the theme song or the bit yes, before that? Um, the theme song. You know, I haven't seen enough different ones to be able to say. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, I don't love it. It's it's fine, I guess. <laughs> you know what? I've, I'm not afraid to say it. I've watched like 17 episodes of this show uh, when you, you know, you cut out the filler and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, it's great. <laughs> like, I've come around to it. It's very inspired. Because like, uh, I might have mentioned this in the intro episode, but I really love the part where it goes, Ninja Rangers, fear no danger. <laughs> Grab, I mean, Grab just Stockholm syndromes himself with every every season's theme song. Like, even if it clearly nope. sucks and we're at the beginning. You can't pay me to like RPM's theme song. I, I don't know that I would say, like, it, it definitely felt like a Power Rangers theme. It definitely captured the spirit of, of what I expected. And that's... You know that, that that's all I can really say about it. I guess I wasn't like blown all away I'm by. It. Is, all I'm saying is, no matter how bad the theme song is, if Grav watches it ten times or more, he'll be like, you know, you know, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I can get it. I can get that. <laughs> nah, nah, lies, lies. Here comes the Power Rangers Jungle Fury. Oh yeah, that one. That one rules. Jungle Fury is awesome. <laughs> no, that one sucks. Yeah, yeah Jungle anyway. Fury is awesome. Doctor Fredo's seal of approval and uh, Power Rangers Jungle Fury theme song. Shit, where are we in the story? <laughs> Pretty oh, early. Not anywhere. Finn Furno oh. comes out. He's competing it in the Galaxy Warrior show. Kennedy, it's weird that we like this over the. Speaking of Jungle Fury, it's weird that we like this over the insect to Jungle Fury. Because it's kind of similar, but they do it much better here. It feels like a revision. It feels like they're revising a lot of the old ideas that they had hmm. for this season. But because in Jungle Fury, you had the announcer insect uh, guy. But then the actors here suck. Yeah, this episode. <laughs> yeah, I made a few notes. It did seem, and I don't like to be too shitty about that because it, it could be people starting out or low budget, not a lot of takes, right? I don't want to be like, these actors suck because I'm sure they're doing their best, but not great performances in this for whatever reason. I, I continually noted like, oh man, like a bad read on that line or it just, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is. Um, it sounded, sometimes I would get like a bit of an accent. So I don't know if like they're, the actors have accents and they're trying to do American accents over their yep. real accents and that's making it like yeah, this harder is for them. Feeling. Yeah, that's, I, I thought it might be something like that. Yeah. Uh, Power Rangers gets filmed in New Zealand. That's just how it is now. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah. They they all feel uh, like YouTube red actors or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so uh So Mick makes some new ninja star, ninja power star things and Brody takes them to the team and he's like, "Hey team, it's training time." They have their cool armor on there at this like junkyard. Uh He's like, hey, team, it's training time. And he's just, like, a piece of shit. First of all, he's a shitty leader. Second of all, he's a shitty actor. Mm -hmm. Nothing about this scene is very (laughs) enjoyable. Yep. Um, One of the rangers, I think it's the yellow ranger, maybe, uh, uh, like, gets the, the water star and tries it out, and it doesn't go very well. And Brody's like, well... Who wants to try the fire star? And <laughs> everybody runs away because they're like, we're going to die. Yeah, that was a, I don't know, a, a goofy that little was... scene. <laughs> That's how we're starting, apparently. Yeah. Um, our Red Ranger is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah and it, it... it has that stink. You know, there's a there's a certain Kennedy. I don't know what it is. I don't, maybe we can, like, dissect it. I'm not. I'm not willing to. I know you're not. To like just go over like bad Power Ranger seasons and be like, okay, what's the formula of a bad Power Ranger season? But it's like there's something about the writing that's samey across all bad Power Ranger seasons, and you can just you can just like get whips of it, you know? And you just yeah. you're like, oh, oh man, you know this is bad, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they bring the same writer for all their bad seasons, but it's just like it's very similarly written. Um. And like the actors are always wooden in the bad Power Ranger seasons. Uh, it's never like, oh, you want to give the actor. No, they're always wooden. But like, it's something about the writing specifically that like you you just get whiffs of it, and you're just like, ah. Fuck, I wonder. That shit. I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like they alternate seasons between the the A plots and like the ones that weren't quite good enough to make it before and be like, all right, well these are the cast offs from the last season, so let's let's shine them up and you know get them out there. And then we can like really try for the next season. I don't know, it's something. Uh I also like wonder like if on seasons where the actors are better, if the actors maybe just like improvise a little more. And that Could improves be. the show. Like maybe the writing is always shit. Um, that's, yeah, actors, that's totally plausible. And the actors are just improvising a fair bit on the lines. Like the line says something kind of stupid, and they just like dress it up a little. Because here's the thing: is like realistically, um, this kind of like television that is produced like pretty rapidly, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And like even like not intentionally, people just slightly mess up the lines and they just move on. They don't do a million takes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely get that sense because there was a whole uh, lot of like, wow, I can't believe they didn't reshoot that. But hey, I, it is what it is, right? I mean, they probably only have so much time and money for this. Yeah, they're only doing a couple of takes, maybe just one on some of these things. <laughs> the one take um, Rangers. We love it. 
I'm just guessing, you know. I can't say for sure, but I'm just, like, this is like daytime television, basically. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you know? could be totally the, the speed at which they pump these out, and and I'm assuming that they're pretty low budget so it, it totally makes sense to me that they would only take like a couple takes and they're it's like a first pass on everything um and hey that's it is what it is right i mean that's why we love it in a way <laughs> brody is getting ready for his first day at school but then there's an alert coming in about a monster and he's like eh, i'm not gonna tell the other rangers i got this that was so good <laughs> yeah. uh he kind of does get a a drop on the monster, Spinferno, the roller skating monster, as a result, because he he did, like, surprise it. But other than that, he basically pisses off his team because, of course, he gets filmed doing it because we're in the modern era now. So, like, you know, if you're a Power Ranger, you're going to get recorded, probably. <laughs> And I, I did think this was, like, also a neat little storyline to see in a Power Ranger show that, like, somebody catches the fight on a cell phone and it becomes a viral video. I thought that was a neat, because that would happen in real life, right? So uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that little bit, but it's just, like, you're really only enjoying a handful of details here. The main yes. plot is, is, is just dragging. So the Rangers end up in a test and because brody didn't study he is unprepared but then he just cheats using his magic robot watch yeah that that also ruled because he, he didn't he seem just to asked siri accept. right <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's the other thing that in the context of the show people are sitting there like wow he has this like magic watch that he can use to cheat as if that technology like what you don't all have like apple watches and stuff like they can all do that right this is literally just a couple of years ago. Yeah, like this is just this is just now. Yeah, this is like what 2017. 2017. Yeah, the Apple Watch is already like out by this point. Yeah, yeah I I found that very weird. Everybody was reacting, and for a second, I was like, "Is this maybe really old? Is this from like the 90s?" And I just never caught. But then I was like, "Wait, no, people have cell phones and stuff, and like it obviously it's it looks too good to be that that old." So that that's a weird. I don't know, right? A weird oversight because people reacted to that like it was a totally novel thing and not like a thing. And, and if anything, his smartwatch is like really big. Yeah, it's gigantic, and it's <laughs> right? it, and it seems less sophisticated than the ones that other people have. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what's going on with that either. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost like a boomer episode, right? Like this is an episode made by boomers. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it does. It's very boomer. In a certain kind of way. I don't know. It's really bizarre. Uh, so Brody cheats on the test. And he gets caught doing it because it's pretty obvious. Like really obvious. Like yeah, extremely yeah, obvious. Ob extremely obvious. That's right. <laughs> so uh, he loses his watch for a while. And then he gets it back and then he loses it again. But just but by being a dumbass the second time. Yeah, because they, they set off um, Chekhov's bag where one of the other rangers lends him his backpack and he goes, well, there's a hole in it, but it's probably fine. So, of course, the watch ends up falling out of the bag. So then the show's dumbasses get the watch. Uh, Victor and Morty. Yeah. Monty. Monty. Victor Vega and Morty. 
What do you what do you two think about the yeah the the bulk and skull of this season? Because I they I have are gay, <laughs> they are gay for each other. Uh-huh. This is like confirmed. Like it's not even subtexted. Some of these shows plots are them just being stuck together, or Morty just being like, "Where's Victor? I need him." <laughs> like it's so apparent. And then like Victor also reciprocate reciprocates towards Morty too. It is so gay. The problem is, is that like they get put through like the most embarrassing acting plots of all time, like shit you would never catch in an acting reel. Like you it's, would never catch yeah. them putting in an acting reel to show off their skills, you know? It's I'm brutal. Just like but at that point, why accept the job? There's there's two things I will say. One, uh, I I did dig how it was <laughs> like it, it had a very like Gaston and LeFou energy of the, the jock rival with his nerd sidekick. And I appreciate that it's not like the jock that's shitty to his nerd sidekick. It's like they see, they really seem like best friends, which is neat to see. Uh, and second, one bit of credit I will, because I totally agree with what you said, Grav, but I will say in everything I saw, these two are really going for it. And I do appreciate that they're really going for it. So I liked these two. <laughs> yeah, they sort of like embrace it as the season goes on. Like you saw one of the later episodes in the season. Yeah, the bit with like the anti-gravity weight was really funny. And then, yeah, later on with the class president, I will talk about it. But yeah, I, I, I liked the bits that they were in. I thought that they, they understood the assignment, as people online like to say. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is like the first, like I said, nine episodes that involve them are horrible. Yeah, brutal, and just brutal large, episodes. <laughs> yeah. A large part of it are like them, are them just wasting your fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's or, fair yeah like the show would be considerably better if the first half of the season just cut a lot of a lot of them too out like yeah. i shit you not there's an episode mm-hmm. where they're like stuck together because the the villain like got them together in a web and morty just couldn't start stop farting yeah i mean you're you're in the episodes i saw right it was it was relatively limited exposure like it seemed like they would always come back for a gang at, uh, for a gag at the end and i guess maybe that's the the deal that they're going for right of like ah the goofy guys always have a gag in the last 30 seconds which i i want to say way back when i was relatively young and watching like the original season with bulk and skull i think it was kind of like that too right they'd they'd beat the monster then there's always be like some one minute sequence where they get goofed on and then the episode ends um so you were talking earlier grab about how like it's kind of going back to the original and i kind of got that sense from from these two it's it turns out better than a lot of the predecessors that try to replicate bulk and skull mm-hmm. however it's still not very good yeah well, that's that's fair I, I i'm not saying it's good i'm saying i appreciate the extent to which these two went for it you know their their uh, effort was noticed by me yeah let's get through this somehow mm-hmm. um <laughs> Uh, if it wasn't obvious, this is all just Brody's going to learn a pretty obvious lesson. But before that exactly happens, Victor and Monty, his name's Monty, not Morty. Victor and Monty, they want to be more popular than the Power Rangers. Yep. <laughs> Power Rangers are cool as hell, and it's stealing their thunder. And that is such a like dumb high school guy thing to want. So I, I appreciated that stupid plot as well. 
Yeah, I could respect this part <laughs> a little bit. So they're like, well, how do we get cool like that? Like, what's it going to take for us to be that cool? When the smartwatch gets lost, Victor and Monty are like, hey, wait. They find the smartwatch and they ask it, how could we get cooler than the Power <laughs> Rangers, basically? The smartwatch is like, you got to fight a monster. <laughs> Which, hilar- hilarious. I was, um, I was definitely all in for, for that. That was a very goofy, unexpected <laughs> uh, bit. Yeah, I was, I was into that to an extent, especially because they do dress up in these like costumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. very, very goofy uh, looks. Yeah, they basically get their asses handed to them. But, you know, in, in a very Power Rangers-esque, like, they get beat up, but they don't really get hurt. They just lose to Spinferno. Yeah. He, like, harmlessly knocks them down a bunch of times. <laughs> so the Rangers head off to go fight the monster for real, but Brody's like, I gotta find my watch! <laughs> yeah, guys, my watch! And they're like, dude, fine, whatever. And they take off. I think it's, is it Mick that comes to talk to him in this yes. moment? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Mick comes over and is like, hey, you don't need a smartwatch to be a Power Ranger. This old, the old Power Rangers, they didn't have smartwatches back then. That's not what he says, but. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Brody's like, you know what? You're right. And he goes and he bees a red ranger and the other rangers are like, yay. Yeah, it all turns out fine. He didn't need the watch or whatever. I mean, big surprise, right, folks? Couple things about this episode. Like I said, it feels like a boomer episode. Secondly, uh, you know, this technology already existed. No cell phones in sight. Just people enjoying the moment. Why would your teacher let you keep your smartwatch? Like, come on. I guess you could make the argument that because it doesn't have a screen or whatever, they maybe he doesn't even know. have Bluetooth headphones yeah. on. How is he going to listen to the watch? The watch is going to spot out the answers, and everybody's going to be able to hear yeah. it. Yeah, it just it loudly. No he just loudly says stuff, and somehow people don't pick up on it until like he's done it several times. Thirdly, Spinferno fucking sucks ass. No, Spinferno rules. I disagree with you on that. No, a, a weird monster, a weird flaming monster on skates. He's like, that was, they'll that never rule. catch me. I'm so fast. <laughs> I'm like, Yellow Ranger has an electric Hummer. Just, he, he just needs to drive that in his sensei suit. Just mow him over. Come on. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Fourthly, like, I think it was like a Blue Ranger... Or was it Yellow Ranger? I think it was Blue Ranger that um followed Spinferno with like a water stream behind him, like propelling him. Oh yes, and because that was the move they tried earlier in the in the yeah. show. Yes. How would y'all feel about that as like pedestrian transportation? If it, I mean, hey, if it works, I mean, it sounds like it could. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool if like. We know it's powered by magic, so this is some shit. But, like, it would be pretty fun to do that. However, imagine if you are a pedestrian that's just walking and not doing that. Yeah, he's constantly being blasted by this, like, jet of water. That's got to be strong (laughs) enough to propel a person. People will hunt you down. You're going to get fought. 
Somebody's gonna fist fight you. Someone's <laughs> gonna chase you down and fist fight you. <laughs> it would be amazing transportation in like a park though or something. Yes, absolutely. It looked it looked like it would be fun. And That's I thought that much... was a funny, yeah, that was like a neat little like, oh yeah, you use a water jet to like fly around. That was sort of cool. This is the last time in the show. This is the first and last time that a villain does not get the gigantify. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I was hoping for at least one more villain to be denied a gigantify. And there was one episode that you think. Yes. Like the villain was so shitty and was getting shitted on all episode. You think they wouldn't, they would get denied, but nope. Everybody's like gigantify. gigantify." Yeah. Then at the last, the last three minutes of the episode, they're like, ah, let's give him another chance, which I, I did find that also very funny that they like asked the, the audience of monsters that was watching the show, if they should give the guy another chance. I mean, that, that is a fun premise. I do. I do like that, that whole idea that it's, like this weird like combat show that all these people watch on tv that is about as much praise as i'm gonna give this episode (laughs) moving on we have royal the royal rival the royal rival what happens in this episode kennedy what doesn't happen (laughs) i love this episode okay i don't know why y'all are judging me about it it was okay (laughs) I mean, it listen, okay. it's better it okay. than a lot of the other <laughs> shit. Like, our options are real limited in a season like this. You know? There I mean, like the politics of this particular episode are fantastic. Grav, I, I will say, I made a note about that, too. I was pretty surprised by the, like, <laughs> plot line with Mick and being, f- like, forcefully separated from his family. And, the, like, they, they had an interesting take on the, like, bad person decides to become good uh, and actually factoring in some degree of uh, global po- alien politics, whatever uh, that, that seemed um, interesting for power Rangers, right? I don't know that I've really seen too much of that or expected that. So I did think that was cool. Yeah. I think they were, they went really far with this one into an extent where I thought that they were going to stop and they did it. And then they like really brought it, like brought it all together. So I was very happy about this episode and yeah, it is 2017. We can go ahead and recap it. I'm just letting y'all know that I found this episode to be fantastic. So well, it is what it is. Let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Again, my defense of it is a choice is that there weren't that many options. A lot of yeah, honestly, the only strong. other option, the only other option from this one was like a very mid, very basic anti-capitalist episode, and I would have been like, eh, it's more green PC than anti-capitalist. Yeah, I would yeah. be very shocked to see uh, Power Rangers go in that direction. Now that would be based. <laughs> they have they have done it before. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, in, in this case, in, in Dino Charge. Oh last- yeah. The last uh, Power Rangers we were watching before this, uh, Shelby goes on a total anti-capitalist rant oh, while yes. they're unpacking this these like royal accoutrements <laughs> uh, for yeah. this museum display. It's really amazing. Anyway, and, uh, and her father's a, a business owner who yeah. like gives it away on how profit is made, which is basically by like 
distracting you with uh <laughs> like cool lights and shit for profit. Damn, very very nice. RGB baby. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in that season. I miss that season. Yeah, but we're um, talking about this so, season. <laughs> we're talking about that this season. This starts off with Sarah, the Pink Ranger, has made a a cookie machine. It could turn disgusting things into cookies. Yeah, pretty cool. I thought she fucking solved insane. world hunger. Yeah, you just throw I don't dirt think in it. Real, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible it, innovation. But is it gonna go? To the people that need it, no. The FBI no. comes in a yeah, few minutes right. later mm-hmm. and says, "You need to give us that cookie machine. You can never make <laughs> another one if you want to live." Yeah, that is correct. And a Power Rangers episode about that, where the Power Rangers fight the FBI, would be cool as hell. So, uh, Power Rangers people, make it happen. Yeah, you know, it's really. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this outright. It's really weird that this episode exists specifically because of the end, considering Saban. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> considering yeah. who Saban is as a person. Yeah. It's like so interesting that this episode exists. But yeah, go ahead. So people are kind of like, what? You, you couldn't have made a machine that does that. But then Victor and Monty come up with Monty's gross ass lunch and test it out. And sure enough, it turns it into delicious cookies. Based. Um, what? Yeah, awesome. It's fucking insane, really. It rules. Like, completely destroys food waste. Yeah. You could just take rotten food, turn it into delicious cookies. The whole rest of the show should have just been about that. You know, like, how that <laughs> innovation would change the world. That'd be an interesting <laughs> show. <laughs> And how Pink Ranger has to deal with the fame and money and responsibility. Yeah, of being the person that solved world hunger. And then all the people trying to, all the like uh, scumbag lawyers of different companies trying to uh, keep her from doing that so they can keep making money. Yeah. The episode where she gets sued by like Betty Crocker or some cookie company to keep her (laughs) (laughs) distributing the devices for free. So the cookie machine, and then basically, <laughs> it's so hard to move on from the cookie machine. <laughs> I know it's, it's weird because it, they just they introduce this thing that seems like it's going to be this world changing thing, and then it's just dropped, like never mentioned again. Like, oh yeah, you know that was a thing that happened. Whatever. Anyway, here's the real plot of the episode. Um, the real pr- plot of the episode is that you know there's there's a new monster, but then also. There's not just a new monster because there is this guy Lord Lord Drillon, but there's also this person Princess Vieira, who is like, she's like if Princess Leia was a Mega Man. Yeah, that's a good way of describing so, it. <laughs> I just want to say this: so she's in she's in like a weird, potentially eight bit Shogun armor. Yes, yes, that's totally what it reminds, like an NES samurai looking, yeah. Yeah, and, all right, here's my theory, okay? Japanese people don't exist. (laughs) In Uh, this universe, Japanese people don't exist. Oh, in this universe, okay, well... I, I specifically guess... in Ninja Steel. I'm not saying in anything else, but specifically in the Ninja Steel timeline, Japanese people just 
don't exist. In a universe <laughs> where, uh, in a universe where ninjas are like, it, it doesn't seem to be tied to anything, right? Like, I, I guess I could buy that in this that in this universe there isn't like none of that is rooted in any country's culture or whatever. It's like aliens that vaguely look like samurai and, and that's where it comes from. Where she's from like Shogun world in the lion galaxy. Yeah, that's right. Cause they have like, was there, an, there was a ninja planet too. I want to say, right. Didn't they reference that? Or is it the Shogun planet? I, it was, it was weird, but uh, I guess I could buy that. All of that stuff is like alien culture in this universe. There is uh, the ninja planet. That does exist. Yeah. Okay. Yes, the ninja exist. planet. Yeah. Within the within the uh within this universe. They say it in the first episode. But yeah. mm-hmm. that's my point, right? So like Japanese people don't exist because I was saying like how they treat the ninja steel itself, they treat the prism that the the ninja stars were in, the the morphers, all of that stuff as like sci-fi alien technology. Which it is. Yeah. But because it is. There's like no hint of anything Japanese at all. Yeah, like the most I, Japanese you're gonna get is the Sentai footage. That's I mean, I didn't think about that, but I, I I see how it makes sense. So is this based or not? Is that the question? Like it oh, I think I've we've talked Kennedy and I have talked about this behind the paywall, but I uh-huh. think we've determined that it's a wash. Because, you know, <laughs> Japanese have done fucked up shit, you know, like Nanjing oh Massacre, et cetera. Uh, yeah. But also, like, we really shouldn't support uh, a United States uh, private co- private business uh, doing these sort of critiques like that. Yeah. That, you know? that is – yeah, I, I, I see um, – I can definitely see the, the side of the argument that, um, you know, it's maybe not not so great to, like, erase a culture that, especially in the <laughs> West, right, is, is heavily – uh, marginalized and, and and all that, right? So so I, I can absolutely see how that would be maybe not so cool uh, for them to do. Even though, yes, there's a lot of, you know, uh, much <laughs> like much like America, right? A lot of uh, famous Japanese uh, atrocities and, and what have you. But, uh, you know, when you do that to, to other cultures, but not American culture, yeah, it's maybe not the best to look. It definitely uh, can read like whitewashing and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it didn't occur to me until you brought it up, Grav, but I can definitely definitely see why people would interpret it as uh, as not so great <laughs> yeah uh and it's the reason why it's also just like really funny is because instead of having a japanese woman be a shogun yeah she's also a space princess they yeah. have this white woman from like soho in manhattan <laughs> yeah it is it is weird and it took me some time to get that, that like I and maybe because they've already done other versions of Power Rangers where they're ninjas. So they just decided, like, we have to make ninjas a different thing in this one. So now they're all aliens. Uh, but it's it's weird. It's a very weird take. So I, I couldn't say uh, what their rationale was for it, but it's definitely uh, bizarre. Yeah, she's literally a Manhattanite. Like when she dresses in her civilian getup, it's just the 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 trench the the sunglasses the starbucks yeah. coffee it's all there <laughs> yeah she looks kind of like a like she wandered off the set of one of the new star wars i'm just going to keep reiterating that they really wanted her to look like a star war yeah here's, here's some money go see a star war 
<laughs> we have Star Wars at home. Yeah, we have Star Wars at home. Yeah, she is. She is. I guess they. I guess they were like, "Hey, let's put Princess Leia in a Shogun outfit," right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Eh, I didn't think yeah. about it like that. Yeah. It's good though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so you know. Uh, there's going to be like a monster that shows up and stuff. But before that happens, there's a very weird scene involving Victor and Monty and a cow. Oh, I've seen this in the movie. I don't even remember Victor Monty and a cow. Yeah. Like, you they know, they did the Southern joke thing. They're, they're trying to compete with, uh, they milked a male cow. They're trying to compete with uh, the cookie machine because they're always jealous of the cool things that other people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this was one of those things where I was like, you could just snip this right off. Chop, chop. Yeah, this 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 scene didn't have to exist. They basically wanted to make cookies with farm fresh milk, right? But then, like, an officer... Oh, wait, no, this is actually fun, though, because an officer shows up and arrests Victor and Monty. Oh, yeah, because they stole the cow. Yeah, so actually, this was actually the rare Victor and Monty moment that's actually pretty funny. Okay, yeah. I do remember the bit with them getting arrested. Yeah, this must have, like, flown by, because I, I did not even remember it until you mentioned that part. Yeah. Um, it's it's cringe, but then when when they get arrested, that's pretty funny. It turns pretty base. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sarah's business is booming, and then the Rangers hear that there are monsters in the city. They morph and they fight Drillion. Yeah, that's right. Turns out Drillion is a badass fucker. Like he actually He's pretty like, good. Yeah, yeah Drillion's yeah. pretty cool. I did make a note here, Great by the design. way. Yeah, there's there's a scene here where in addition to Drillion, they show like a little bit more on the monster ship and a bunch of them are talking to each other. And and I had noted like I, I dig the monster designs in this in general. Like it kind of reminds you of Onimusha, where they're all these kind of like demon samurai or kabuki type characters and, and like they look cool. Like they're they're interesting designs. Um it's a shame that there's not like a better show around them, but I, I really like those different characters that I saw on the ship in addition to, to Drillion, who looked cool. Newfound realization. Yeah. Um, but it's potential that if Power Rangers strays away from Super Sentai, uh, which it's going to, I believe. They said they stop. They're going to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think Toei is like canceling Super Sentai. Yeah, so they're going to have to, if they want to keep it going, they're going to have to just do their own thing. Yeah, but they're continuing Kamen Rider, uh, Ultraman, and uh, Godzilla, of course. My thing about this is, is that, like, what would Power Rangers be without Sentai? And it's mostly just like a, like, it's like a kids, uh, a real life kids show with, like, light sci-fi elements. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think like, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what would, would this season, like, I'm just... I would picture that this would be the sort of model that they would go for in the new Paramount era whenever they stop doing the Sentai footage, where it's just going to be like, okay, there's going to be less Japanese stuff, obviously. There's going to be a lot more like weird, potentially racist, maybe problematic, I don't know, stuff in it. It's but gonna it's going to be more sci-fi. Yeah, it's for cars. We're bringing back car Power Rangers. Maybe, I mean, maybe, but yeah, I, I can what totally imagine... Trainman? 
Oh, trains. <laughs> yeah, trains would be great. Um, One of the riders train. revolts and goes, no, we're doing a train season. Fuck you. Hell yeah. Bring back the trains, and, baby. Uh, we're not getting trains in real life ever again. So, you know. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that does remind me. I know we gotta we gotta finish talking about this episode, but one of the throwaway things I noticed that I assume they explained in one of the earlier episodes is I found the combination of Zords to be like incredibly bizarre. Where like one of them you was were mentioning just- Kabuki, you were mentioning Kabuki, and I was like, wait, why the fuck didn't they just go for that type of stuff? Yeah, I don't know because it's like there's a guy, a dragon, a dog. A, yes, what I looks was, like a train and like a, the intro. Yeah, so I was Rangers. just like, what? Like, and, also, and, Pink yeah. Ranger Zord is just like an object. It, I I thought it was meant to be like a train, but I, I don't even. Yeah, it's it so. A, it is a train, but it is. It's just like. It's like a it's demon just like train. It's this weird flat object also. <laughs> so do yeah. they give an explanation in one of the first two episodes about like, well, why did, why is it this random? Because it, it feels no, like it's from five no, different no, shows. No, no. And then they don't comment on it at all. Like, I feel like in the past when the Zords have been a little random, the Rangers have at least said something sometimes, you know, like, why do we have these weird Zords? Like, remember yeah. when Adam got the frog? Oh man, like, I got the frog. I got the frog. What the fuck? At like, least, yeah. It's, yeah, and at least usually, right? Like, there's some thematic, like, oh, they're all animals or they're all vehicles. <laughs> it's like there's nothing in common between no, them. It's so weird. A, oh, and we forgot to mention the best one of all, the Yu-Gi-Oh dragon. Yo, the, the dragon sword is sick. There's a guy. There's a regular ass dog. There's yeah. like a train. There's a Tonka truck, yeah, and then like there's a, a Yu-Gi-Oh the dragon that completely doesn't fit in with anything else either. Well, and then there's also uh, it's more featured in the ne- in the next episode, but the like cowboy, the Shogun cowboy one, <laughs> which that rules. I don't know if somebody who worked on this show was a fan of like Rising Zan Samurai Gunman for the PS One because I got huge vibes of that from the weird cowboy ninja ranger that they added sometime between the last episode and this one. <laughs> <laughs> What if we had a cow, uh, cowboy superstar country uh, country singer ranger, whose whose a hat whose cowboy hat is like built into his ranger helmet? I, I just incredible. I I could not get over that. He's a weird Tommy this season because like yeah. Well, we'll get into it some other time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Princess Vieira is watching them fight Drillion. Um. But she's watching from like it's sort of like a up high on a building, and then there's a big explosion, and she falls off the building, and the Pink Ranger saves her. Um, and Princess Vieira is kind of like shocked, like why did you save me? And the Pink Ranger is like, listen, you might be a piece of shit, but this is what we do. Goodbye. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, and that leaves the princess with some <clears throat> some questions. That she needs answers to. So basically, like, uh, Galvanax gets upset because the princess kind of, like, withdrew when she didn't necessarily need to, her and Drillion. Um, But it was all because, you know, Pink Ranger saved her life and she was questioning things. So then Galvanax starts to suspect that the princess might be too weak for this shit. Tells Drillion, hey, 
be prepared to betray the princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do what you got to do for the ratings, damn it. <laughs> so Viera, she puts on her street clothes, I guess, and heads down to uh, see what the rangers get up to at other times. And she sees uh, the cookie machine thing that yeah. Sarah has going on. And she comes to try Sarah's cookies. A boy comes running by and steals the cookies and runs off. And Princess Vieira chases him down and does a series of hate crimes. Um, <laughs> stop beating him. You, he's, he didn't do anything wrong enough for this officer. And Princess Vieira is like, oh, where I come from, we just use excessive force on everyone. Yeah, which, which again, I mean, a surprisingly, I, I was not expecting Power Rangers to address something like that. So I thought this was cool. Yeah, yeah they're, very they're, surprised. This is probably a big part of why this episode made it here, honestly. Like, the Power Rangers addressed excessive force. Like, we're kind of joking yeah. about it, but actually... Yeah, but, but, they, but legit. They, they, yeah, legit. Yeah, like, legit, they, they made a commentary on it. And a commentary that would, like, make sense to a kid, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, like, no, I thought this was great. A kid, so... Uh, well, and not not only that, like her her learning that lesson, and then the other, and I'm sure you're going to talk about this in a second, Kennedy. But like the scene with Mick, their like inventor guy, getting over his own, you know, resentment over what happened to him as a kid, right? So they they address it from both sides, and I, I thought that was also neat. Yeah, it's amazing for the Power Rangers to touch on something like this, and again to touch on it in a way that would make sense to a kid. Uh, that's really neat in a lot of ways. Um, it really, uh, and and here's the thing too is that Sarah one, is one of the better actors this season, probably amongst the Rangers. So having her carry this like slightly more sophisticated plot works. That's another thing I'll say about this episode. Sure, everyone's yeah. a pretty decent actor after a certain point, except for the Red Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this episode, the did Red feel... Ranger. This Red Ranger doesn't have that many lines this episode. That's it's wonder why he made it into our best. This one yeah, of these he wasn't he wasn't in it too. Yeah, this this episode was definitely like noticeably a big improvement in terms of the of the acting compared to the previous one for sure. Princess Vieira sure. also sells her part relatively well for just basically like a guest character. Because a lot of times, like these characters that aren't in very many episodes, because I think she's in like three or four episodes total. Uh huh. These characters that aren't in very many episodes in Power Rangers, sometimes it's just like really feels like they just pulled someone from the local theater club. You know? Which for all we know, that's exactly what they did. But in this case, they pulled a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there was a and I I guess right, as somebody who's just watching in a limited capacity i could totally see how they'd be like yeah we had this character come in as a way to introduce this like new power armor or whatever right because she like transports her armor onto the ranger so that they can win the fight later on uh so it's interesting that like oh no she comes back a few times and they do more with the character it's not just like a one and done deal yeah yeah we got kind of spoiled on the fact that almost every single human that had more than a couple of lines for an episode uh becomes a power ranger yeah i guess that's true yeah because in dino charge they were just had 10 power rangers by the end of all of it <laughs> oh. 
you that know was one of the only things that really was not great yeah anyway. so princess Vieira, you know hands over the the kid billy um who sarah goes to school with so she kind of knows who he is uh apparently billy has dropped out of school to like deal with his family situation which is not good um and so sarah is like you know what billy if you promise to never steal again i will just give you the cookie machine and then you'll have a business i mean so yeah seems like a bad use of that infinite cookie machine but you know whatever that's fine it seems like you could save a lot of people with this technology but it I seems like it's... she could just give him a job like working for the infinite cookie machine <laughs> company or whatever but okay fine i thought she just gave him like Hey, you can have the machine to make cookies for your sister. I thought that was it. No, she's like, she's like, take it and and start a business and make money legitimately to take care of your sister and yourself. Because he's dropped out of school to take care of his family. This is like, again, this is like a surprisingly heavy kind of thing to put into the Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, like, she could also open source the technology afterward. Yeah. Yeah, this was, I mean, I see what they were trying to do, but it's also like, but in real life, if you invented that technology, you wouldn't just like give it to a kid, you know, <laughs> like that, that would be maybe not so great because you're stopping yourself from solving world hunger and what have you. <laughs> yeah. Also, again, it's like, this could help lots of people, but whatever, I guess help this one person who needs it good enough for this episode. Of sure. Sure. We'll move on. The princess kind of questions the Pink Ranger about, like, why did you do that? And the Pink Ranger is like, I help people. That's what I do. And then she's like, wait a second. You're that princess from the other day. And squares up, ready to just, like, punch Hell yes. her in the fucking jaw. Yeah. Get her ass. <laughs> um, and uh, Princess Vieira is like, listen, uh, I don't want to fight you. Uh, I've become convinced that like y'all are are better people than the people that I hang out with. I was supposed to come here and defeat y'all to like prove myself because I come from like evil places. There's like this whole cosmology, this whole society of evil that exists in the Power Rangers, and and it's it's referenced to too many times for me to just ignore it. I know I've drawn attention to it before in certain seasons, but it's just always interesting when it comes up. Like, uh, for instance, like there's a whole high school just for evil people's kids. Like, I evil, evil space people's kids specifically. We've never seen it, but we know that it exists. <laughs> I I believe it more as I get older and I see how evil the real world is. Like if if America was a space faring. Uh... A civilization that could uh, do stuff like that to other planets, I'm sure we would. I'm sure we would absolutely send people to fight uh, random kids on another planet to be on a TV show. Um, but this so, goes beyond yeah. that, because, like, yeah, this could be like a School of the Americas CIA type yeah. thing, but no, uh -huh. no, 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 no. This is like, there is like a meta society of evil people with well, the, that live in space and do evil things in the Power Rangers because a lot of these evil folks don't get along and, and have independent societies and sometimes even go to war with each other. One of these... But they send um, their kids yeah. to the same fucking schools. <laughs> 
the um uh, it could be that maybe these alien societies have evolved beyond um you know what we do here on earth which is where evil people will try to convince themselves disingenuously that they're actually doing the right thing uh and and perhaps they uh they no longer need to fool themselves they're just like yeah we're evil we're openly evil we acknowledge it and uh, let's just all go be evil that is the vibe it's just yeah. fascinating that they there's like a whole meta society of evil and princess viera is like just yet another like child of that society basically and we've seen so many of them and we've seen a few of them turn renegade like this like just because you were raised in evil society doesn't mean that you have to go along with it yeah good good lesson for kids <laughs> anyway i'm just always fascinated by that aspect of the show so remember how I said that uh, Galvanax was like, hey, Drillian, be prepared to betray the princess. <laughs> Drillian shows <laughs> yes, up. He was prepared right. to betray the princess. And so you know how it goes. Rangers fight. Uh, monster get big. But, but Drillian's really fucking tough. He's busting their Megazord up. He's kicking their asses. They need some help. But luckily, they're going to get it because Princess Vieira shows up in the freaking lion fire zord hell which yeah is cool as hell but doesn't fit in with any of the previous zords once again yeah but none of them fit in with each other so it's fine <laughs> like it doesn't it's, matter it's just so weird how this one combos in <laughs> it really is weird but it's a cool zord on its own kind of yeah i think it has kind of like a classic classic zord look it looks know. neat yeah it kind of reminds you of like the tiger ranger from the white the white one from what, the third series or whatever it was um yeah i, I thought it was neat and I, side note about the zords i also want to point out to people that haven't actually watched this one of the funniest things is when they form into the megazord uh the red one that just looks like a guy is like sitting in a seat in the chest so it's like of robot controlling the bigger robot it looks incredibly goofy love and i could it, never i could it. never get over it in any of the love fight scenes so fucking much. like three layers uh, of people yeah, controlling it's, yeah it's super weird i'll i'll just say one more thing about the red lion zord which is that uh i i just love i or the lion fire zord sorry uh i was mixing that up with yeah some other excuse teacher. you uh-huh um, <laughs> The Lion Fire Zord, which is that I like Zords the most in some ways when they're part animal, part machine like this. Mm -hmm. Like, don't give me a Zord that's just a car. And don't give me a Zord that's just a dog. Uh, give me a Zord that's part car, part dog, right? That's yeah. cool. And that's yeah, because it, it looks like, like a robotic animal versus, yeah, one or the other. Yeah, exactly. It still has this aspect of looking kind of like a living thing, but it also looks like a machine. And that's what this looks like. It's like a tank thing, kind of. Yeah. It's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's cool. I agree. Viera helping them out causes them to win the fight. Uh, they head back to school. And the teacher's like, okay, I'm going to grade your projects. And Sarah's like, well, actually, I don't have the cookie machine anymore. Um, I gave it away. And the teacher's like, well, I have to give you a failing grade, even though we saw the cookie machine work in class. <laughs> I know before. it works, yeah. <laughs> Like, even, even if you were, like, going to be a bit of a stickler about it, you're just going to fail her? Not just be like, well, it's a B because we don't get to do the final presentation or something, you know? Yeah, that is weird. That's very uncharacteristically cruel, especially considering in the last episode I saw a guy was just blatantly cheating and just got, like, a warning for it. 
I don't know what to say. <laughs> it felt very arbitrary. I guess that is accurate to the American school system. You could say there that. There you go. Much. Yeah, that. Thankfully, Billy, the kid she gave the machine to, comes in, and he explains what happened and how, you know, she gave it to him so that he could take care of himself and his sister and make money, and the teacher decides to not fail her after all. Yeah, and there we have it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a flat ending, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, I mean, after the whole thing with, like, the princess, yeah, this felt like, uh, I had almost forgotten about the cookie machine. It just seemed, like, not really very relevant um, in light of the other stuff that happened. So, you know, whatever. It was, like, your end-of-episode fun little stinger thing. Yeah. I actually loved the whole Victor and Monty getting arrested for stealing the cow. Yeah, that was it, cool. It kind of feel it kind of felt like a uh like what you would expect a Chick-fil-A cam- ad campaign to be, but not actually <laughs> because they're not because they're, you know, they're Chick-fil-A. But like the whole cow being the one to to uh pick them out from the from the line and send them to jail is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a fun maybe if I watched 26 episodes or whatever with these guys, I would find it exhausting. But I found all of their goofy little scenes generally uh, pretty fun. This is probably their best. Yeah, I would say like when Bulk and Skull was good. Yeah, yeah, it reminds it does remind me of the and much in the way that Bulk and Skull uh, understood the assignment. Um, Shout out to Dr. Jason Narvey. Uh, These guys do as well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of MMPR style episodes, uh, next up we have is Monkey Business. This is our second best pick. Yeah, um, this one super reminded me of the original Power Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode is a good time. Yeah, um, I enjoyed this one a lot. It's you know we talked about the last one was actually like kind of clever and had like some deeper commentary. This one is just silly. Yeah, this, this is good. This but is a better fun episode, and that one was a better, like, lesson episode. Yeah, but sometimes you just you just want a good fun episode, and it's good when it actually is, like, I don't know, when it actually reaches a certain level. Yeah. Uh, it's good, it's, it's fun, and it has a good life lesson, too. Good, good bits all around here. The, the fo- I could not stop laughing at the phone demon, the whole thing. The phone demon, like, uh, re- recording people's voices and then explaining Holy out shit. loud. I can now use their voices back. I mean, that that is some great classic old-school Power Ranger stuff. The villain looks like a fucking Shin Megami Tensei demon. Yeah, it is so <laughs> and and it's specifically a payphone. It's like a payphone ape. It, it's like if somebody made a hybrid of like my avatar with a payphone, and that's what it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild looking. Yeah, um, I I liked it. Uh, okay, let's get into it though. What what goes down? So, oh yes, basically things start off with um, Haley and Calvin. Uh, have this interaction because Calvin's late to school and she's kind of annoyed with him. There's like, there's some tension between them in this episode. Yeah, there there is. And those are by the, that, that is the yellow ranger and white ranger. If I write Calvin, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say this is the best relationship that we've ever seen on power Rangers. <laughs> it might be an early call, but 
like they're the most believable couple. Like Tommy yeah. and Kimberly are believable. Don't get me wrong, but like this is the only thing that comes close to them, and it's way less hyper dramatic than Tommy and Kimberly's was, especially given how Tommy and Kimberly's ended. Right. The the argument they have is such a high school couple. Like I can totally picture two friends of mine doing exactly this in real life. So that was relatable for sure. Like they, the there's really like some believable chemistry and emotion with these two in this yeah. episode in particular. I don't know if I'm quite ready to call it, but I I think Grav has a really good chance of being right. I wouldn't bet against him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, it's either the best or the second best. But, yeah. like, again, Haley and uh, Calvin's relationship gets way less airtime and play than Tommy and Kimberly's did, especially since you got to think Tommy and Kimberly's was, A, the sixth ranger and the pink ranger, and, B, uh, this was, like, back when MMPR was, like, the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that's a whole like oh of course all eyes are on Tommy and Kimberly, but in this case it's just a normal relationship and they were in a normal relationship before being Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this was yeah I thought this was cool and I had a the the goofiness of uh, I I I know we'll talk about it in a second of them you know running for president against each other and having you know uh, one of them puts up the poster and then the other one puts up a bigger poster. <laughs> it, it reminded me of like comedies from when i was younger right it was like that kind of goofy i don't know it was cute like i enjoyed it they have their little fight Haley forgives him but all what they don't know is that all of this is being recorded by foam pansy the monkey phone demon creature <laughs> i did not catch his name is phone pansy phone that's incredible pansy. that's so good i've got i've got a question hold Go on ahead. yeah i got a question so Haley was upset with Calvin for being late to school, right? Yeah. And Calvin's response was, babe, I thought you loved me for who I am. <laughs> and she was like, all right, yeah, it's fine. I forgive you. What, what, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Well, they, they kind of later in the episode where they talked about that, it, it made, you know, it made more sense that each of them has a certain personality, right? And him, him being maybe a little bit more absent minded or whatever is, is part of who he is and maybe part of what she likes about him. So I, I could, I could kind of see it, you know, I could also kind of see the whole, the more uptight person has the more relaxed person and they kind of balance each other out you know i I don't mean to overanalyze it or anything but you know that that particular line delivery was weird but i could see the sentiment they were going for kennedy yeah yeah i mean i was like (laughs) calvin being a little toxic but this is this is actually like (laughs) such a fun conversation to witness on screen yeah Um, um it was funny it was just yeah it felt believably high school Yes, (laughs) Yes, very <laughs> believably high school. I'll say that. So <laughs> the uh, face he gave when he said that line, too. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> he knew he was being a shithead for it. Yeah, yeah, like, gosh, shucks. <laughs> so we've got Phone Pansy. Yeah, Phone Pansy. Pansy records their conversation and then gloats about, haha, now I can, I can mimic their voices. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, the crowd cheers because it's all on television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other the monsters watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get back to school and we find out that Calvin and Haley are running against each other in the student council election. Also running is Victor. Well, you know what? Here's the weird thing. Victor says if he can disqualify them, he gets to stay class president because I guess he's already class president. But at no point does he explicitly mention he's also running. It seems like it doesn't occur to him to also campaign. Instead, he's going to try to get the other people knocked out so that he wins by default, which is very funny. I assume that he is running, but it's like a Hillary thing where he's (laughs) he's just like, I don't need to campaign. Okay. Like, I don't need to go appear in front of people you i, it could I don't be, need to go to wisconsin yeah you could you could absolutely be right yeah fuck wisconsin and you know what unlike hillary clinton well anyway um All right, yeah so, let's not <laughs> <laughs> the team divide up to help calvin and Haley run so uh brody and sarah are team calvin and preston and levi are team Haley. Phone Pansy records all of them talking. It's kind of funny how he's like, he didn't just wait for this opportunity of them all being together, but like also separately recorded some of them before this. He's just like opportunistically just doing this and then getting excited. There, there's also an insanely funny, like I was howling with laughter watching the scene where, because uh, before he starts um, going through with his master plan, he's like recording some of them, and then he's like, ah, yes, now to make my escape. And as he's walking away, he just like trips over a bike, and he's like, oops, and they immediately notice him. And I just couldn't. It was so goofy, I could not stop laughing at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So the ranger, you know, it's Sentai footage when you get shit like that. Fight. Yeah, time to make my escape. Time for, time for Sentai trip. footage. Yeah. So the Rangers fight the the monkey phone demon. He gets away with the recordings. He'll be able to, you know, enact yeah. his plans later. Mm-hmm. And a and a brilliant plan it is. Um. So then there's the aforementioned uh, unveiling of larger banners by calvin and Haley who are competing with each other the next thing is like it's it's the hot balloon thing right yeah Yeah, balloons yeah calvin's giving away balloons and so then Haley's like i'm giving away free hot balloon rides (laughs) and it's like a cgi hot balloon yeah a very a very obviously cgi balloon in the background (laughs) and then they give their speeches Calvin they, gave a pretty good speech. Calvin gives a pretty good speech. And Haley kind of uh, is like almost like, ah, let's just let bygones be bygones. Even if you win, I won't be angry about it. But then Calvin stole her mom's cupcakes to give away. Yeah, honestly, which that was kind yes. of messed up. Yeah, I'm surprised she made the cupcake. Well, maybe he didn't explain to her what they were for. You know, like I need you to make me some cupcakes. Yeah, do they live together? I don't know. Do they? No, but it they, they it seems like you know they're close enough that they hang out with each other's families, kind of thing. Yeah. So Haley gets upset. Things get a little competitive, 
it turns into a situation where uh, Victor and Monty are kind of able to egg things into a food fight. Yeah, Victor um, and Monty with a nice little plan here. <laughs> nice, good, good scheme. Yeah, good scheme from my from my boys here. <laughs> Victor doesn't need to campaign. He's got dirt on all the other candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Victor knows what he's doing. I mean, this this uh, you know could have worked. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Victor and Monty's antics here were also pretty good. Another rare W for them, but uh, honestly, like. It is pretty great because Victor's the only one that truly knows how to play the House of Cards, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's true. 100%. Calvin and Haley get blamed for the food fight. They get in trouble. It's not looking good for either of them. They're both on the verge of being thrown out of the race. That's right. And uh, Victor's master plan. Yeah. Meanwhile, Phone Pan Z, he's got a master plan of his own. <laughs> that plan is to call... The Power Rangers and trick them. He starts with Calvin. He tricks Calvin, lures him away. And then he starts tricking other Rangers, luring them away a couple at well, a time to get. He was really smart about it because yeah. he targets the uh, candidate along with the campaign staff of that specific campaign first before going for the, the other campaign. I mean, yeah, he had it almost perfect until he made the stupid mistake of calling one of them as another one that had not been captured yet. You know, that then he, he for some reason, forgets that because he, he could have probably just called as one of the people that had already been captured, and then maybe they wouldn't have been caught when they got yep. caught. Yep. yep, that would have been the scheme. Yep, well, I, I would have executed this better if it was um, Phone Fredo as the villain. I simply would just would not get caught. Yeah, I, I would simply successfully pull off the scheme. And then when they would show up, I would simply shoot them with my gun. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, there was a... Um... <laughs> so, okay, I don't know how much detail you want to get into here, but he captures successfully captures, what, half the team. And then it's Mick, right, that tells... And this was the bit where there was a little lesson that I thought was kind of nice, where Mick is like, well, you know, just because you heard a thing uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. And the cowboy ranger gives them a similar sort of like, well, that doesn't sound like your friends to have done that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe left Twitter could learn something from this episode of Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. and like, the cowboy ranger didn't even like consider that until the uh Calvin and the and his crew uh didn't show up at the the ballot to vote. Yeah. So like they still all have high school brain. Yeah. Well, which is, <laughs> you know, they're high school students. Right. Levi tells Haley like, "Hey, you know, this doesn't seem right. Mick also doesn't seem like this is something that they would do. Let's go investigate." Um, and Haley and Levi end up being able to take care of Phone Pansy. Um, yeah, Phone Pansy has this final trick where he like drops them into some holes in the ground, but it doesn't really work. It's like a ninja trap, right? Yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> this this move out of nowhere i guess it's meant to be the earth star magic because in an earlier episode they they explain that there's different elemental magic but then the elements don't make any sense because like metal is one of the elements uh, i don't know <laughs> it's it is what it is it's like pokemon typing yeah yeah it's like pokemon typing <laughs> 
and he also reveals like another move, which is the sonic boom. He uses his big uh, mouthpiece. Yeah, the sonic, sonic, sonic boom is very funny where he just yells, he literally just yells sonic boom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they beat him up. They go into the Zords. He gets gigantified. He uses his supersonic boom attack to disrupt the Zords' frequencies. But Haley uses her Kodiak Zord to overpower the sonic boom. And he gets owned by the Bull Rider Megazord Rodeo Blast. I put that in my notes because that that one had me roaring with laughter. Rodeo Blast. Yes, the Rodeo Blast. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Back at school, uh, it's revealed that Victor ended up winning the election. Hell yes. Because. (laughs) King shit from Victor. (laughs) Because Haley and Calvin ended up dropping out without telling each other that they were dropping out. Yeah, because each one felt that the other one deserved to win, which I thought was a cute moment for them. Them both giving up, um, resigning without telling each other causes Victor to win the election. And Victor was originally going to play a prank on uh, Haley and Calvin by whoever winning would get dumped on by a bunch of water balloons. <laughs> Instead, he wa- he rushes to the stage, uh, leaving Monty to be the only one to hold up the, the balloons, which Monty, of course, ends up letting go. And Victor just ends up getting soaked. Laughs ensue. Episode ends. Yeah, nice little. Even though he, yeah, he somehow forgets the trap he set up that he was literally holding seconds earlier, and he just runs up to give a speech. Uh, but yeah, nice, nice little bulk and skull esque gag to wrap it, wrap it up. There's even a "Make My Monkey Grow" reference here. Yeah, it's such a MMPR style plot. I loved it so much. Yeah, uh, it's just a fun, good episode. It's nothing too amazing. I just really thought it was a nice, fun watch, and I thought our guests would love it too. Yeah, I I enjoyed this one a lot. It was it was a fun one. I'm glad you included it. Um, I yeah, I I had the most fun watching this one. But talking through the second one with the two of you made me made me kind of realize more that like, well, there was a lot of really good stuff in that one as well. So so overall, not a bad um, not a bad little little spread of episodes. Love this episode. Thought it was great. Um, let's go ahead and rate and review them. Uh, oh, boy. I'll get started. Man, episode three is fucking terrible. That's like a zero. <laughs> I was going to give it a one, but I I really hate that episode. Like, Red Live Ranger and learn is, is the un- title, by the way. The title even sucks. Yeah, the Red Ranger is just fucking terrible, and it's a good example as to why at least the beginning or the first half of the season sucks ass. This is epic. Yeah, um, it was it was bad. You then have a uh, royal rival. I gave that one a nine. Um, I talked about it with Kennedy. I'm still standing firmly on that nine. It might just be like a 9.0, but I think that the message in it is so good. It is one of the rare times that Power Rangers just like said, okay, we're going to say this one great politically left thing and then cut it there, right? But instead, they kind of just took this further and further to as far as they could take it. Without completely like going over, well, like, okay, well, Pink Ranger has to live a completely different lifestyle for the sake of the show's plot to make any sort of sense now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think for what it is and everything that it teaches, it's a 9.0. Uh, Shogun armor, a little weird. Shogun world being portrayed by Soho White Woman, definitely weird. But honestly, it felt like a, like a better fucking version of what Samurai was trying to be. Um, it feels like a revision and even the even the monkey business episode just felt like, OK, we're going to take 
previous Power Rangers ideas that we did, and we're just going to refine them a bit. And I think it stands true for monkey business, though monkey business I like a little bit less just because it's a, there's nothing really to it, right? Like the enemy is kind of like whatever, but the enemy could have been replaced by Victor just like doing deep fake AI voice <laughs> modulation with Monty, right? Through their laptop computer, like fucking with them. And that could have been the whole episode. That would have been a great episode. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved that. Yeah. Um, so like it would have been relatively the same plot. The villain was pretty weak, all things considered. Still great, great moral messaging here. Great lesson learned, great uh episode to show your kids. Uh it's it's like a seven, seven point five, maybe even an eight, but I'm I'm leaning more towards like a seven point five. Kennedy, what you think? Yeah, live and learn is a zero at best. <laughs> Red Ranger's just so fucking annoying. The Red Ranger sucks so much. We'll get more into this in the season review, but like, even as other things in the show improve, the Red Ranger pretty much just sucks the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason that, like, it's less noticeable is because he appears less in later episodes. He's more but suited he up or talks more while suited up. But in this episode, mm. he's like literally the focus and he sucks so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, pretty much everything else about the episode kind of sucks for the most part. Um, I'll, I'll side a little bit with uh, Fredo here that Spinferno is kind of fun. But is that enough for me to give this episode any points? No, you should not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Rival, I think, is... It's probably an 8 or an 8.5 for me. It's definitely really good for a lot of the reasons that Grab said. It has a really strong message. I think my problem with some of these episodes is that they almost feel like they're not doing quite enough with the time in some of, in some of these episodes, even the really good ones. Um, and this is, like, honestly one of my main issues with, like, monkey business as well, is, like, it feels like they're not always using the time wisely in the writing or something. A lot of times the A plot feels just, like, a little too thin in some ways. And, like, you have that issue here, I think. Like, the B plots are solid. Uh, Victor and Monty have a funny one, and then we have like some serious stuff going on with like, I mean, yeah, I guess you could consider it a plot kind of, but like, I don't know. It's all kind of, it weaves in and out a little bit, and it's just something about it felt a little bit, the, the pacing felt a little bit awkward at times. I would say that this is a little bit more pronounced in monkey business. So I'm going to give Royal Rival an 8.5, I think, because it is pretty like, just enjoyable, solidly watchable. A lot of like really actually surprisingly good acting. Yeah, I mean, deeper commentary than you usually get. Uh, Monkey Business, I think, is probably just a solid seven for me. It really doesn't use its time wisely. The Monkey's big plot in particular just like doesn't really come together at all. <laughs> and I think you can't help but like be a little bit disappointed by things like that but the character stuff is great and the overall concept of the episode is really fun but it's just kind of like it's just pretty much just an enjoyable good time it's not like 
there's nothing special here. The action scenes aren't really special. There's no like deeper commentary that's really exciting. Um, there's not a lot of like pushing bigger plots forward overall. It just kind of is a thing that you watch, maybe. It's almost yeah. borderline filler, right? Like that's the issue with it, really. But a yeah. wonderful filler. Yeah. I, I don't think it would be filler just because like it kind of sort of develops Alien Callan a little bit. Yeah, but it's like but it's we have a we have an internal system of criteria that we've used at times. <laughs> Where, like, if things meet a certain number of criteria, then they're probably not filler. And this would be, like, right on the cusp where it's like, well, you're just barely making it, bud. Uh <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's not a... There's nothing, like, there's no new Zord that's introduced or anything, really. But I think that Haley and Calvin's interpersonal relationship in this one was great, and I wanted to include it in there, and I think it... uh I would it not should cut be it. in the list, yeah. I would not cut it. Mm -hmm. Um, Fredo, what did you think? Yeah. Uh. Well, I'm. I mostly agree. I mean, especially the the second episode, I wasn't liking as much while I was watching it, but as I was talking about it with the two of you, uh, and I realized how much cool stuff was actually in there, it is much much better. So, so the first one, live and learn. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two because. I did find Spinferno a very funny, goofy uh, villain that got a lot of laughs. And there was also one line towards the end of the episode that made me laugh that I wrote down uh, towards the end where the villains are all talking amongst themselves. And if they're like, if we send another loser after the Rangers, we'll all be fired into the sun. And I was like, ah, that's that's a good that's a good bit. Um, <laughs> you know what? I forgot that line, but that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny it was a funny line. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to give it a two for those couple of things I like. Otherwise, totally agree with everything the two of you said. I mean, generally, very bad, badly acted, a lot of weird... Oh, and I also noted, like, the Red Ranger just spontaneously came up with the idea of the Megazord in the episode, where he's like, what if we put yeah. our swords together? That was also very bizarre, and it felt like they, they Terrible. couldn't... Yeah, they couldn't have come up with a better explanation for that, and they just jumped to the footage, like, yeah, that sucked. Um, yeah. We just do the, the Zords seem to want to combine somehow like yeah you know, it was even that is better incredibly yeah incredibly stupid and uh it, it just it felt very half-assed uh the other episode so is episode 15 called the i've got it written here as the royal rumble is it the royal rumble or the it's, royal it's rival the royal rival and the royal rival the rumble which are both episode titles so okay okay um well i've got it titled as royal rumble um, but it was, that was the episode we talked about. So whatever, maybe it's just mislabeled. Uh, this Thank one God. was, yeah, th no, no, it was the one we talked about. This one was good. So I, I liked the message it was going for. It did seem better acted. It did seem, um, overall more, uh, enjoyable. So I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go seven just for like the politics uh, at play here. Um, and episode three, even though I do get what the two of you are saying about it, I do think I had more fun watching it. So I'm going to go with maybe a 7.5 on that because I think it was just a solid, enjoyable, goofy episode. It had more like laugh lines in it. It was uh, it was just a lot of fun. So I, I would say 
Um, that was narrowly right. I, I like two and three for very different reasons, uh, but I, I think I just had a little bit more fun with three as like a fun throwaway episode. If I watched every episode, I'd probably feel the opposite way about it. But in this like little slice, uh, that was the one I enjoyed the most of the three. Hell yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Fredo. Because honestly, like I picked that monkey business episode, and I was like, Fredo's gonna fucking love this shit. Yeah, it ruled. It ruled. I mean, the the design of the monster in that was also amazing. The the ridiculous like payphone fused into the monkey, uh, the tripping over the bike bit, uh, the the repeatedly falling for the same trick as the ape just swings by in a vine and knocks them out. I mean, very very like bad good stuff happening here that the cowboy guy and like let's do this cowboy style like it really does feel like it was made for me very very dumb goofy fun episode so yeah good stuff hell yeah well fredo is there anything you would like to plug before we get out of here yeah, everybody follow me on Twitter, cowards. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> you twittily, U T W I T I L Y. You twit, I love you. Um, it's been a it's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for having me on, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Fuck yeah, of course we will. Um, you know I'll include you in on some good old uh, Super Sentai. Anything related to uh, some good old five colors coming together, right? Absolutely, <laughs> or three <laughs> colors if it's one of those seasons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Fredo. And to the Rangers out there, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast. And Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.